0: welcome back to your haunted holiday this is lisa and this is lindsay and today is going to be kind of a unique episode and a little bit different than what we have done in the past we actually have the owner of the property that's going to do a whole interview with us and let us know all about it yeah i this is going to be a first for your haunted holiday i'm pretty excited about it she's going to be able to give us the full scoop on this haunted location So I'm going to give you a little bit of the scoop first, and then we will have her join us a little bit later. This is your haunted holiday at the Boyd House in Boyd, Minnesota. Before we get started, I do want to start with a special shout out and thank you to Nicole Polk who joined our Patreon this week. Thank you so much. It really means a ton to us. In fact, she's actually our cousin and she lives in Georgia where my mom grew up. And I'm really looking forward to getting down there and doing some ghost hunting with her. I'm thinking the Windsor Hotel, maybe Murder and Mysteries will be back now that COVID is starting to wind down here. Yes, that's right. The murder mystery dinner at the Windsor Hotel. Yeah, that would be fun. So, Nicole, I've got to keep in close contact with her because we need to make this happen. We've been talking about doing it for a while. Yes. All right. So let's talk a little bit about the Boyd House before we bring the owner in. And... This is in a pretty small town, Boyd, Minnesota. If you're in the Midwest area, it's about four and a half hours from Omaha. So not that far. It has access to a lot of different places. If you're from Minnesota, even better. In the late 1800s, early 1900s, it was a little bit of a booming town with different, you know, stores and churches and it started to grow a little bit. The Boyd House itself was built in 1901 by H.J. Haginson, who was a local businessman in the town. And the house is actually, it's kind of a unique property because it's in a pretty small town today in today's standards. But the town itself is right on the Sioux Native American reservation line close to that. So the land itself has a lot of history in that regard, but it's also right next to the railroad tracks. And they think that could be part of what is bringing this energy. If you think about how much energy is going down like the metal railroad tracks every day, it's literally right in this house's backyard. That's, that's, you know what, a great theory. It's not something that ever really occurred to me villisca is another place that has railroad tracks right nearby right and these are even closer so who knows what brings this energy sometimes there is some deaths in the house that jill is going to talk more about the the main death that i can discuss that there is some history of is in 1912 a family named the eckerts bought the property and it was owned by Fred and Minnie Eckert they moved in with several of their children based on some history it sounds like unfortunately quite a few of their children actually passed away in infancy I'm not sure if they died in the home but kind of like going back to the Keio house right this was in the early 1900s it wasn't that uncommon for this to happen and so there could have been some death in that regard Fred Eckert himself actually died in the home in, I think it was around the 50s, 50s or 60s. He passed away, it appears just of natural causes. There wasn't any, you know, major tragic event that occurred there. Over the years, the house past hands it was just kind of your typical residence and then in 2019 it was purchased by Jill Shelley and she has essentially opened it up as a paranormal location for people to be able to investigate and I must say they have gotten a lot of evidence and if you go to the website I'll give you the website a little bit later in the program there is videos on there that show REM pods going off. It shows, they have very good EVPs of people saying stuff like who are you shortly after she got there. I mean, to me, a REM pod going off and getting video of it sitting there by itself is pretty amazing evidence. That is not something that's that happens every day. Like that wouldn't just happen at my house Oh, no doubt about it. Unless there was something that, you know, set it off. But it sounds like Jill is pretty well versed in, you know, making sure that nothing's kind of tampering with that REM pod and, and what might cause it to go off. So it sounds like a trusted group of folks that has that kind of evidence. But you're right. I mean, REM pods rarely go off. Right. I, in my opinion, they don't go even off in, all that often. Even in really haunted locations, they they rarely go off. Right. Like the Sorrell Weed House. We had it go off that one time, but even the the people that do the tours of the Sorrel Weed House say that is very rare that mm-hmm. that happens. So to me, that's an indicator of some stuff happening here. Now, some of the things that you're going to want to look for is Fred Eckert, the guy who died in the house. They think that he is still hanging around, of course. A lot of times people will see him sitting in a chair, and sometimes he's actually a creeper and will be staring at you while you sleep, and that's what you actually will wake up to. Gosh, you got to love those creepers, but terrifying. Yes, there's also different spirit activity there from women and children that they think could just be activity that is tied to the land or the home itself. You will hear things like kids laughing, footsteps all over the house, toys moving on their own, doors slamming on their own, or pounding noises on like the cabinets. People get actually touched here too by some of these spirits and one of the nice things is it doesn't seem to be like a an angry like push usually <laughs> right it seems to be more of kind of like an interested you know they just like put their hand on your shoulder kind of thing okay well now that we've given you some basic background let's bring jill on for our interview this week and she's going to give us the full scoop on this entire location what to expect when you go there and you know how to get a hold of them. All right, well, we are so excited because today we have a special guest on our show. We have Jill Shelley, who is the owner of the Boyd House. This is our first time really getting a chance to bring in an owner or someone who's worked at a current location that we're covering. She's going to be able to give us the inside scoop on what you can expect if you decide, hey, I'm in the area or you want to make a trip up and possibly book this location and experience a, maybe a paranormal encounter. So we've got Jill here. Hey, Jill, thank you for joining us today.
1: Oh, hey. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here.
0: Awesome. We're, we are so excited that you're here and that you can fill our listeners in on what's going on. So let's, if you could just give us a little bit of background about yourself, where you're from and just a little bit of your experience as a paranormal investigator.
1: Uh, yeah, I, we actually live in uh, Minnesota, and I have always been fascinated by the paranormal since I've been a real small kid. I was always one of that the, the strange kid, you know, that like the weird stuff. Um, so anyway, that kind of turned into once the TV shows um, came around, I was like, oh my gosh, you can investigate, you can be a ghost investigator. So. Right. Um, in 2010, uh, I met a great group of people who were interested in the paranormal and we formed a group and we started traveling throughout the country to well-known haunted locations. And then it, that's kind of where I spawned the idea, of, oh my gosh, this would be super cool to have my own place. You know, it just it just took some time to get there financially and and just, you know, learn, you know, through the last decade and, that I've been, you know, learning about paranormal and investigating. About two years ago, I was able to uh, fulfill that dream and uh, purchase the Boyd house and and start that.
0: I imagine that's exciting. Lisa and I have shared our previous experience that really got us into the paranormal with our listeners in previous episodes. Do you have one experience that really got you interested in this to begin with?
1: You know, I would probably say um, at my grandma's house was like my first real experience with the paranormal. Um, She had one room that us kids always hated it. It was always cold. You just felt unwelcome. Um, I just just never felt comfortable in there. I didn't like it. And then one particular night, it was just me and my parents sleeping upstairs. My grandma always slept downstairs. And I woke up in the middle of the night. I was, I don't know, maybe eight, eight, nine, you know. (laughs) So I'm younger, my back's facing the wall. Just woke up, and I heard footsteps coming out of that room towards my door, stopped in front of my door. You could almost feel it breathing. You could almost feel it just staring through you, almost like if they were shooting a laser beam through you. You could Mm just feel the intensity. And you know, as a kid, I'm like, oh my God, I am not turning around. I'm so scared right now, you know? (laughs) And uh, I could hear my parents snoring, so I knew it wasn't them. And again, my grandma sleeps downstairs, so I know it's not her. So then it it just kind of turned around and went, (sighs) and turned around and walked back into the room, and that was that. And so then I like threw the blanks over my head and I'm like, oh, yeah, <laughs> so um, I spoke to my uh, grandma about it the next morning, you know, kind of, you know, first, you know, my parents like, no, we never got up all night. And then my grandma, who was extremely religious, and I really looked up to her a lot, said, oh, honey, that's just a ghost. And he's not going to hurt you. And I was like, wow, I was always kind of interested in this stuff, but grandma's like, yeah. oh it's fine so that's that's kind of what sparked it and i started kind of you know just reading books and then going watching the movies documentaries anything ghost related i was kind of doing that when i was younger
0: that's so cool that you know your grandmother recognized there was somebody there right she never brought it up to you before but it's like yeah it's just that confirmation right that you. right that you right
1: yeah yeah and then you know since then i've had some of my aunts tell me you know different things and just talking to people and yeah, it's just, it's just, it's just, it still interests me to this day. It's just crazy. It's just always something new. You have no more answers, you know.
0: It, it totally is, and that's what I think draws so many people. So it's neat that you were able to purchase a haunted location, the Boyd House, in order to just really kind of push finding more evidence of this stuff. So tell us, how did you come across the Boyd House?
1: Well, actually, my realtor knew what I did, and um, which is kind of weird, but. Um, she was, she was actually kind of scared of it, <laughs> but, um, um, so I would actually look for the houses that I want. I would just go on the MLS I type in, you know, my criteria and what I was looking for. And I came across the Boyd house and I just was immediately drawn to it. And I really just, I just fell in love with the pictures and I just kept looking at it over and over again. It was almost like I was obsessed with the house in a way before I even got there. So we went and looked at the house well actually before that I had contacted a psychic medium that I really trusted, mm-hmm. sent her a photo to the house. I said, Let me know what you think. And she said, Oh yeah, there's there's six spirits there. And she kinda just told me that they were men, women, children. She said, One of the men gardens and you'll the first night you stay there, you'll hear him come through the back door. Well, she I hadn't bought the house. I haven't even looked at it yet, but she already told me what was going to happen, and we'll get into that, because that did happen, something happened. But anyway, so yeah, then we just went there, Donna and I from our team, she went down there to look at the house with me, and the realtor was running late, so we were just sitting outside, and all of a sudden I'm like, kind of like, this really intense feeling, like something staring at you through the attic window, and she's like, "Uh uh-huh, yeah, I didn't want to say anything, but I feel it. And so we went in, and it was kind of, it was cold, but yet it was kind of inviting, in a way, it was almost like whatever it was was kind of standing back. Like I, I don't, you know, know um, what's going on because nobody's ever communicated with them before. Mm-hmm. And um, so, within eight minutes, we had a REM pod going off, and then we got some really great spirit box responses. So then I kind of was like, okay, you know, should I base it off that? I said, I know, I'm going to ask the owners, and they told me some stories, so they had some stuff going on.
0: Um, oh that's good so, to hear
1: yeah so then with that i went ahead and purchased it and uh just moving forward
0: most owners are probably terrified to disclose that because most people probably wouldn't want to have ghostly activity happening in the house that they're getting ready to buy
1: yeah she you know it was, i think the realtor because she approached and she said you got to be honest and i'm not going to tell you which way to go on this but it's really important for my client to know so at least they were honest enough Yeah, Um, to to come forward and and tell some stories. And at first they were real hesitant. They didn't talk. You know, it was just, oh, I just think it's this. I just think it's that. Kind of blew it off a little bit. And then as I've gone through and done more history, because one of them still lives in the same town, very small town. They're becoming more and more forthcoming with things that have happened and the parents are even coming forward with it. at first they're like no nope, no nope, nothing it was nothing but now they're like well you know one time <laughs> so they're, they're, they're still they're starting to come forward a lot more so it's, it's really fun to hear the stories too
0: so let me ask this on that note it kind of brings me right up to the next question you know we covered with our listeners right before you came on a little bit of the history and we know that i think it's pronounced Eckert. Fred Eckert, who, who previously lived there, he passed away, right? We know that of that one death. Are you aware of any other deaths that have occurred in the house or on the land?
1: Not so much on the land. The deed goes back to the 1800s, like 1884. So we're still kind of getting some research on that. Like I probably up into the early or I mean, sorry, the late 1800s, almost going into 1900s who owned the land. So it was a, a guy who owned pretty much the whole town. And then he sold plots off to different various people. So I, that's, and, and I know the land was actually owned by the St. Louis Minneapolis Railroad before this gentleman purchased. So that's kind of the history I got on that. And the, and the town is like a, back in the day, it was a big, booming, wild west town. You know, they had tons of, you know, restaurants and hotels, and it was just, just crazy. They had like 500 people in the town, which was, a, you know, a pretty big town back in the 1800s, 1900s. So we have that. Um, But as far as the deaths go, we do know that Fred died there, his wife died there as well. And so we both know that they died in the piano, where the piano is now. That was their bedroom as they became more elderly, they chose to stay downstairs versus upstairs. And then Minnie's funeral was actually held in the home by the, if you know a lot about older houses, when they have those three kind of bay windows that kind of octagon in, they would normally, it was customary back in the day is that's where you had the funeral services and that's where they viewed and so that their spirits could exit through the windows. So the house is set up that way. And then we came to find out that Minnie's funeral was actually held in the home and she was there for like three days before they buried her. Wow. Um, and two of her children passed away one at infancy and one one who was two years old, he choked to death Um, so we know that and then there was a lady in the 70s named Anna who passed away and those are the actual true deaths that we know in the house but we get a lot more activity of of names and things that do not correlate to the deed or any history that I can can find so I don't know if we have passerby people because we're right on the railroad tracks Mm -hmm. Um, or if we just have a, a pleca of of spirits at that
0: house. <laughs> you you just never know. I mean, especially since it used to be kind of like an old west town, like you said. I mean, a lot of violence happened a lot of, a lot of right. the time back then. Lots of people would just shoot you over not a right. whole lot, right? right? So, I mean, there could be multiple reasons.
1: Well, and then the town was also bordered up, up against the Sioux Dakota reservation line back in the day. So, you know, there's definitely got to be some violence between Native Americans and the the Americans themselves, you know, and there was a war there, Um, not too far from there, back in the, I think it was like the 1800s sometime, there was a a Sioux War there as well. Oh, wow.
0: I mean, all kinds of potentials for hauntings.
1: Right, exactly.
0: So, and it also sounds like more people died there. We've also come across places in the past where they used to be funeral homes, And, you know, ghosts, even though nobody technically passed away in the home, you know, just the fact that there were bodies seems to draw them. So who knows, maybe, maybe that, you know, funeral did kind of keep that spirit there. It's hard to say, but I mean, definitely a possibility. Mm -hmm. Kind of interesting. Are there any other things that you think might be drawing spirits to the home?
1: Uh, well, like I said, I think because we get the energy we're pretty much the tracks run right through our backyard. I mean, you literally can probably just reach out and touch the train when it runs through. So that, that's got some energy. Also, I think just by doing paranormal investigating, you're creating an energy within the home you know, not only for myself, but we've had so many teams in and, you know, they're doing energy, maybe they're running EM pumps, you know, I think sometimes you're just making a beacon now at this point for things to, that are drawn to it, you know, like, oh my God, they're running the spirit box. I got to stop by and say hello, or whatever maybe. they want to say, you know, I mean, yeah. I don't know if that's what happens, but I kind of feel like it might.
0: <laughs> maybe for some, maybe some of them have come across this before and they're, they're interested in setting it off. You mentioned the REM pod earlier when you first went there to me. It, those rarely go off like if if you can get a REM pod to go off without other things interacting with it and, and causing it like a walkie talkie or something i mean that's significant i think
1: yeah we do get quite a lot of uh equipment interaction it, at first it was um uh, it's almost like i had to teach them <laughs> it was it was kind of fun because you know you go to these places and they're so used to the spirits are so used to people coming in day after day and and then they start to learn, oh, this this equipment does this. Like, they start to learn it. But for the spirits at the house at Boyd, they had never had any interaction. The family chose not to interact with them, and they lived there for 30 years. So here, I'm someone's now coming in going, hey, can you talk to me? What's going on? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, so I'm encouraging this. We weren't getting a lot of equipment interaction. You know, nothing was really going on. And I was like, oh, gosh, did I make a mistake? You know, that kind of thing. And so it took us a couple months to get the house up and running and, and ready for, for people to come in. So I, I remember one particular day I was in the kids room and I had brought one of those uh, round pod teddy bears. Except he doesn't make noise. He just blinks if if he goes up. He doesn't mm-hmm. make noise. And I had I talked to him and I explained you know this is what it does and I'm really you know I need you to talk to me you know Pete and I was like people will bring you presents <laughs> if you you know, but we got to know that you're here. So I'm like, if you could just like touch this bear, you know, you don't have to do it in front of me if you're shy, just, you know, just whatever. And I left and that bear went off and on for like three and a half hours after
0: that. <laughs> wow. I mean, so, that, that's significant, I think. We yeah, don't have, so- it's hard to get that to happen it's really hard to get that to happen I think right but it's an incentive it reminds me of what happened for us anyways at the Velisca axe murder house we had brought something very similar a stuffed animal toy with kind of like a REM pod and it took hours for there to be any activity I really thought we were going to set it down and those little kids from Velisca were going to start playing with it right away and so at first we were like man we're not seeing any activity but around, gosh, it must've been 3 a.m., hours and hours later, boom, they started interacting with it and were doing it nonstop for a while. Yeah, it's exciting when that happens. So you've had some interactions with different equipment. What other types of experiences do people have at the house?
1: Um, We've actually had one team actually catch two shadow figures running through the kitchen and they caught that on film, but a lot of people say that they see shadow figures. Uh, a lot of times we will see something like peering down or peeking on the stairwell. Uh, my husband actually, which I was really jealous of, so all these years I've had, I've seen one shadow figure and he saw a full-blown apparition in the house <laughs> and I was wow. so, so said, But he said he was coming in through the front door and he kind of looked up at the stairs and he goes, it was super fast, really quick. I thought it was you. And he's like, she had like long brown hair. Um, she was wearing white and then she was gone. And it, she's like, I thought it was you for a second, but then you started talking to me from the kitchen. And then I realized that I just saw something. So um, so he's he's seen the apparition. Some people get touched quite a bit, not in a violent way. It's more like a, a shirt tug or, or something like that Mm -hmm. we also have had doors that'll just open on their own you'll hear footsteps a lot um, children laughing playing women singing audible voices you know like just a lot a little variety of everything you know it's not like non-stop action going on but these are different things that I've experienced and other paranormal teams have experienced as well so
0: oh that's great we we always equate it to like whale watching you just never know but exactly. when it happens, <laughs> it's great, <Yes>. great. <laughs> <Right? laughs> Let me ask you this, you know, what do you think out of all the evidence that either you or even your guests have, have captured, what do you think is some of the best evidence that you've seen?
1: Well, the shadow figures was a really good one. I, one really good uh, spirit box response I got um, for me a spirit box is like one of my favorite tools to investigate I just love the science behind it and how it works and I always run mine on AM radio and I was in the main bedroom and I actually have a picture of Fred and wet wedding photo hanging up in that bedroom and I pointed to the picture and I said is anybody here anybody in that picture on the wall and Plain as day, I didn't even have to tweak it out or anything. It said, do you mean the Eckerts? It's like, you're not gonna hear that on the radio. (laughs) You know, so that was a good one. And I I think one of my um, favorite EVPs I've got, we have a woman, I don't know who she is. She never tells me her name, so I don't know if it's Minnie or Anna or who knows who she is, Um, but she always talks the same. She's got a really raspy voice, sounds like she smokes a lot of cigarettes. Mm-hmm. And she's kind of crabby. She like, doesn't like to be bothered. I get her voice a lot. But there was one day, and I was the only one in the house since my husband was outside working, and I, when I'm cleaning or doing stuff, I'm always talking to him. So I was rambling on about my whole week, and then I was going to a wedding, and you've been to a wedding, and I just blah, 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 blah. So underneath my talking and in between when I was taking a breath of not talking, I heard a spirit. She was kind of like, blah, blah, blah. I couldn't make it out because I was speaking. But after I had stopped, she said, I'm trying to sleep. Wow. So it's like, I think I was just sitting there talking and she's like, I really would like to take a nap, lady. (laughs) Shut up.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's funny to think about the idea, you know, because we just don't know, like, We don't understand what their perspective is on things. So it's kind of funny to think like we could be saying, hey, touch this bear, play with the bear. And they're like, could you leave me alone? I'm over the bear. (laughs) Oh, we know, right? We just have no clue. But that's that's kind of funny. But it also indicates that there could be intelligent spirits there, too. Right. They're responding on a spirit box. You caught an EVP that sounds like it was responding to what you were saying. I mean, that's interesting.
1: Yeah, I think we do get a lot of the intelligent because they will when you ask, not always, but when I ask them to do stuff, sometimes they will do that. Uh, one particular time uh, I had set up a poker game down in the basement and I would, and the rep pie was just going off like mental, you know, for like four hours. It wasn't like, you know, constant. Then I'd run down there and it would stop it would like not do it in front of me. Then I'd go back upstairs and it would fire it up again. I'd run back, you know, we played this game half the night, but then I would shuffle the cards and I brought um, some really old coins from the 1900s and then one really giant gold piece coin. And so that was like the grand prize. That's what we're playing for. And I'd come down and I would shuffle and and just talk and and, and try to engage with cards. Um, But I always left one card at the edge of the table. And It wasn't leaning over the table, it was just to the edge. And I just said, you know, if you're really enjoying tonight's game, could you just push that off? You know, just, just that'll let me know. So we, you know, I said that every time and then I went, I think I was going to bed at midnight. So I went down there, checked everything, said, okay, well, if you enjoyed tonight's activities again, just please throw the card off. And at midnight, they threw that card off the table and I caught that on film. Wow. So, so that was, that was pretty cool.
0: So tell me about the, the experience that you had when you first stayed there and you heard someone open the back door, What the, that the medium had had kind of pre-warned you about.
1: Yes, and what was interesting about that too is the people, in, one of the people in the neighborhood said that her daughter's real sensitive. And I hadn't mentioned to anybody about what the psychic had said. I mean, we had literally just bought the house and we were just kind of cleaning and we'd meet people while we were out working in the yard. They'd stop by, say hello. And she said, yeah, my daughter sees a man in the yard all the time. And he comes in through the back door. And I was just like, oh, my God, this psychic was right. <laughs> um, but the very first night that we stayed there, you know, like, it was pretty quiet. Like I said, not much was happening. I was like, oh, my God. What had- Why'd she tell me I'm going to, I'm going to hear him I'm going to maybe see him And I think it was about 830 or something. I walked by the basement door, which is shut, but there's also another door. So you go down the stairs from the basement. And there's another door that'll lead outside as well as continuing down from the basement. But that one was completely shut, locked, no airflow, Nothing. As I walk by the basement door, I heard this bam, bam, bam! Like super loud, like somebody was pounding on the other side of the basement door. So I jumped like ten feet. I was not expecting this to happen. So then I like opened the door. I'm like, hello. <laughs> and then I, you know, I tried to debunk it. I'm like, you know, is it an airflow? And I'm shaking the door. I'm just even just to make that sound, I literally had to pound my fist on that door. It wasn't just a rattle if the door, you know, had airflow. Mm-hmm. There was no airflow. Um. So I was like, Oh my gosh! He just was letting me know he's coming through the back door. Um, Definitely. Yeah. So that was that was pretty cool to experience that. Yeah.
0: You you brought up the neighbors. I have to ask, like, how do the neighbors feel about the Boyd House being kind of a haunted attraction? Are they interested in this, or are they kind of like, oh, I don't know if I want to deal with these these spirits?
1: <laughs> uh, at first, it wasn't uh, uh, well received. <laughs> But now I think it, they're, they're understanding what's going on. And mm-hmm. a lot of them are, are looking on our Facebook and seeing what's going on. We'll see sees some comments sometimes from people in the neighborhood. So I think it's getting more, more well-received and, and a lot more people are asking questions. I find out from town people, like if the paranormal people are out in the yard, they'll stop and talk and say, hello, what's going on? yeah so they're 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 getting more and more interested and and they're really nice people like I said it's a very small town there's only about 150 people in it it's like right in the middle of cornfield there's like nothing there we have you know a gas station we don't even have a gas station we have a bar and a cafe that's hardly ever open so that's all that's in that town pretty much
0: (laughs) yeah I was looking it up and I was looking up the city and I was like wow that is a small town but that's kind of That's kind of neat. It's like this little, like, just a cool, haunted, old place, you know, in a town you've probably never been to before for our listeners, right? Right. Right. Let me ask you, you know, it sounds like your spirits are pretty much, you know, they, they used to live there. You know, they're probably just your typical people, you know, that have just crossed over for one reason or another. Do you get that sense as primarily the haunting? Do you sense any sort of negative entities at all or just the spirits you've talked about?
1: Uh, I haven't experienced anything negative. I know uh, there's been a few groups that have had a little bit more, I wouldn't say negative, but more of a a different type of energy. And, and I believe that comes from Fred because he gets to a point where he's like, I've had enough of it. I'm done. Please mm-hmm. just stop. Um, and yeah, so I've had a few people say they felt like they kind of got pushed a little bit. They just, just kind of had that gnawing energy of, of you need to be done and just stop
0: yeah i think that that's important for our listeners to hear because we we kind of we don't take ourselves too seriously on this show and i will say like negative entities really scare me i'm kind of the wimp between the two of us when we go (laughs) to these different haunted spaces so i have to find out for some of our listeners that might not be into the more really really scary haunts this might be something that's more up our alley for hey these are just normal people You know, we go, we treat them with respect, you know, and, and ultimately, you know, we just want to understand more about what's going on and and learn from them. So that's good to know for me, it makes me feel better. I'm sure it makes some of our folks that are listening feel better. I knew you would like that, Lindsay. Yeah, <laughs> no doubt about it. Okay, so let me let me also ask you quickly, have you ever had anyone, like any funny stories from guests that, that are there investigating, like leaving in the middle of the night, just too terrified to deal or anything interesting like that occur?
1: Uh, actually, I think like one of the first few people that had stayed there, they actually, it was my realtor's daughter <laughs> and a couple of her girlfriends. Because um, her daughter's into the paranormal thing. Uh-huh. So yeah, they went down there one night, and they were there for about four hours, and they ran out of the house screaming. Um, she sent me an email and apologized that she didn't clean up. They left a bunch of blankets downstairs because they're too scared to be upstairs. Um, yeah, so they left in the middle of the night. That was probably... It. But you know what? In their defense, so they came back. Like a month later, it actually made it through the whole night. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, they just said it was the most craziest house they'd been in. There was just too many noises. They were being touched. They didn't, you know, it was just too much for them. It was way overwhelming. Um, I don't think they were like, I think they were just like paranormal enthusiasts. So I'm sure, I don't think they had equipment or anything. They were just there to experience Mm -hmm. what was going on. So
0: Definitely. I would say, you know, Lisa and I started out more as, we're still paranormal enthusiasts. We are not experts by any means, but the more we go to these places, the braver we get. Yes. There's no doubt about it. So, you know, gosh, a year or two ago, we would have been just like, oh, you know, the lights turn off and we're just totally freaked out. But (laughs) so we get it. We understand. Um, Let me ask you a little bit about what they can expect when they get there as far as just When they, when they stay, I mean, should, should guess if they get there, should, should they expect to sleep at all? Do most people sleep or do they stay up like all night?
1: It, de- it just depends on the group you know i i sleep there i've had other groups sleep there i have other groups that'll get a hotel and not stay there you know it just it just kind of depends on, on how you like to do things i'm one of the weird people that i sleep in the on locations that i go to which people think i'm crazy They're like how do you sleep there i'm like i don't know i just blow my manager mattress i'm tired <laughs> i gotta drive
0: so, <laughs> so is that the best way so if somebody is planning on catching a few hours of sleep it is Do you recommend bringing like an air mattress, sleeping bag? Where do people usually sleep?
1: Yeah, we do, um, for the house right now, we do have one bed available. And then just because we are not a hotel, I just ask people to sleep on top of the comforter. They can bring their own blanket if they choose to use the bed. Most, I'd say, majority bring their own air mattresses or cots. You know, we do have a couch, that kind of thing. We have heat, electricity, bathrooms. We have air conditioner units in the, in the summertime, so it's not really, it doesn't really make it super cold, but it you're not dying in there. And then, you know, microwave, fridge, and we also have a little pizza maker. So, it's, you know, we kind of, when we did the house, pretty much it was empty and needed a lot of work done. And so we kind of renovated a little bit, you know, doing the, bringing it back to the 1900s, doing the painting and the wallpapering, and then we pretty much have nothing but antique furniture in the house. You know, the Victorian couches and the chairs and all the crazy old stuff they had back in the day. Yeah, you kind of get that old school ambiance when you walk in.
0: Good. You know, who knows? Maybe because some of the furniture is antique, maybe something's followed that too. It I could be. It, yeah, possible. it could
1: be. And we bought some of the, of the dolls that we have there supposedly haunted. Now whether or not they, they are, I can't guarantee that. Uh, the only correlation I did get on one, um, I have one doll supposedly her name was Lisa and she's like a 16 year old girl that um, died and I did have one group said so they got an EVP when they said what's your name, that's Lisa. So. It could potentially. I'm not saying it is, but uh, it was kind of coincidental because I've never. I don't put out there. Hey, this doll's name's Lisa. You know, it's just something I know personally.
0: So. Right. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, so you beat me to the electricity questions, <laughs> uh, the the furnace, the AC. So this is a year round place. You're because it's winter. It's not like you can't go there, right? You right. It's comfortable. People aren't going to be freezing. They're going to have AC in the summer. Yeah. Is there anything that you recommend folks bring like as far as you recommend they bring snacks, maybe like a cooler for some drinks, anything in particular that you think makes somebody's experience a little bit better if they bring it?
1: Yeah, you definitely, because we don't have like, you know, you can't just run down to the gas station and there's places like 20 to 30 minutes away. So yeah, definitely you want to bring your snacks and food and, and things like that. You know, like I said, we have the microwave. So if you want to bring popcorn or anything you want to cook, you know, we have the refrigerator with the freezer. So you know, a lot of times when I'm down there, I, I'll use the little pizza maker and, and pop on a frozen pizza. The cafe is awesome, but they have really strange hours. Um, with the COVID, they kind of changed a lot of stuff. So um, I always recommend people just check with them. If they're open, definitely either because they have the most fantastic food I, I, I've ever had.
0: <laughs> oh, that's good to know. So it's called the cafe?
1: Yeah, it's the Boyd Community Cafe.
0: Okay. So guys, if you're out there at the Boyd House, look for the Boyd Community Cafe as one of your meal stops because that's another thing we try to throw out there is like, hey, you know, especially a small town like this, if you can find a nice place that has some decent food it's it's good to know how can our listeners find your information and book the boyd house
1: um you the probably the best way is we do facebook you can just do a direct message it's got all our, our stuff on there but then i also uh, team it up with our paranormal group uh, St. Croix Um that's got a lot of information on there you can contact us through that or you can just do a direct email at boydhouse217 at yahoo.com
0: very good. And how early should someone book? Like, how how far out do you think they should be reaching out to you?
1: And, you know, it depends. Like June's pretty busy. Uh, July's starting to pick up a little bit, um, and then we're still kind of getting out there now a little bit now with COVID and, and things, you know, opening up. And we're, you know, we're hitting up some conferences this year as well. Uh, so it just kind of depends. I just ask that you just you know just hit me up and say, hey, what do you got for Saturdays in July, and then I'll just. Tell you what I got available right now because we don't have the calendar set up yet um, for people to, to figure out what's what's open and not. But um, we do um, pretty much like a contactless check-in as well. Um, so once you um, you know pay, I'll send you waiver forms to sign and, and information um, and a code to get into the house. So we just kind of do that, and then you know we let you in as early as 3 p.m. and you can stay till noon the next day because that gives you a lot of time to set up, get dinner, chill out plenty of investigation time. And if you need to catch some sleep before you drive, you got plenty of time to do that too.
0: That is a really big window of time for someone yeah. to be able to rent that. That's great. That gives you, you're right. You, If if let's say you can't sleep while it's nighttime because you're too scared, catch some Z's as soon as the sun comes out before you hit yeah. the road. That might be one strategy.
1: Yeah, we've um, had a lot of groups do that. That They'll stay up all night and they say, once uh, about six, we slept from six to 10 and then we went home. So...
0: That's great. I like that. Let me ask you one more question, and and this is You know, I looked at your website, your St. Croix Paranormal website, you've got a lot of locations that you all have been to, and a lot of them that are like on our bucket list that we'd love to go to. Besides the Boyd House, what do you think is a great place for people to go visit that you think is a likely catch of some paranormal activity?
1: I think my favorite place, because I've been there like five times now, is Edberg Manor in Iowa it's just like one of my you're always going to get something i've had equipment reactions footsteps voices just some crazy stuff and it's just a super old cool, old used to be like an old poor farm back in the day and Mm -hmm. then i think they had like a nursing home and it was like a drug rehab and so just a lot of history and a lot of deaths back in that because you know people died and they worked on the farm and so just just a ton of stuff and it's just like one of my favorite places to go
0: Wow. That's one that I'm not as familiar with. So we might have to book that one later, maybe this summer. (laughs) All right, Jill. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. I think you've provided so much insight, you know, for that we wouldn't normally have, you know, without having you on the show. So we really encourage our listeners, if you're interested, you know, definitely go to their website, check it out, reach out to Jill and, uh, and book this. And if you do, please email us. Uh, at yourhauntedholiday.com go to our website click contact us send us an email and let us know about your experience because we'd love to read your ghost story out on the air all right jill thank you so much for coming on it's been a pleasure
1: well thanks for having me it was great to be here
0: So to wrap up this episode, let's talk a little bit more about it. I know Jill talked about it in in the interview portion, but I will say looking this up, the house looks like it is in really good shape. It's over a hundred years old, but it doesn't look like it's musty or gross. Like I would be very comfortable grabbing a sleeping bag and air mattress and sleeping at this place. Like it looks nice. It's over 2000 square feet. There's a lot of areas to investigate here, including a basement, an attic, you know, all the creepy places that you want to investigate. And the price is really good, too, in my opinion. So it costs, Lindsay, $175 a night for up to eight people to stay here. And you get this house from 3 p.m. until noon the next day it's a long time and I know we mentioned it briefly with with Jill on the phone but that is a really good value and let me also say everyone we are not being sponsored by the Boyd house we're advocating for it but I mean truly that is I think a great price especially considering it sounds like this is a really active place you're getting from 3 p.m so that's really like late afternoon all the way until noon the next day for eight people for that price I mean We've run across a lot of places that you can go ghost hunt at, and I just think that's a great, great deal. I really think it is. And in fact, we were talking with her afterwards, talking about maybe we'll actually get a chance to go there. Because you're going to be in Omaha in July, so we'll definitely have some time, some opportunities to travel a little bit and get some of these places in so if yep. you are interested in going to the Boyd House you can go to their website at stcroixparanormal.com and it's spelled just like the island s-t-c-r-o-i-x paranormal.com her email address is boydhouse217 at yahoo.com to book your stay yeah, and you can also find them on Facebook and message them directly through there, like like Jill said earlier. So that's great. Well, I tell you what, we may have to go book the Boyd House if we want to go on a little bit of a road trip in July in this summer. We've got some other places we want to go to when I'm in town. So we'll hopefully have some new fun episodes for you as well shortly during my trip there uh, to visit Lisa and the family. But we want to thank everybody for listening to our show every week. Uh, It really means a lot when we hear from you all. So please go to yourhauntedholiday.com. Hit contact us. Send us a recommendation for an episode. uh, Send us your ghost story. Any and all of the above. We really love getting that stuff. Also, our Patreon. If you're interested in supporting the show... There's lots of things we, you know, are using these funds to do in order to help, you know, cover our monthly expenses and help improve our show for you all. So doing that really shows your support more than anything. And, and so we're giving you a little of extra content. So go out to our page if you're interested in doing that. Also, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and YouTube. Everyone have a great week and thank you for listening. Stay safe and healthy, everybody.